It is far easier to give a talk that skims over the surface than to dig down for facts. But when you take the easy way, you make little or no impression on the audience. After you have narrowed your subject, then the next step is to ask yourself questions that will deepen your understanding and prepare you to talk with authority on the topic you have chosen. Why do I believe this? When did I ever see this point exemplified in real life? What precisely am I trying to prove? Exactly how did it happen? Questions like these call for answers that will give you reserve power, the power that makes people sit up and take notice. It was said of Luther Burbank, the botanical wizard, that he produced a million plant specimens to find one or two superlative ones. It is the same with a talk. Assemble 100 thoughts around your theme, then discard 90. I always try to get 10 times as much information as I use, sometimes 100 times as much," said John Gunther not long ago. The author of the best-selling Inside Books was speaking of the way he prepared to write a book or give a talk. On one occasion in particular, his actions bore out his words. In 1956, he was working on a series of articles on mental hospitals. He visited institutions talked to supervisors, attendants, and patients. A friend of mine was with him, giving some small assistance in the research, and he told me they must have walked countless miles up stairs and down, along corridors, building to building, day after day. Mr. Gunther filled notebooks. Back in his office, he stacked up government and state reports, private hospital reports, and reams of committee statistics. In the end, my friend told me, he wrote four short articles, simple enough and anecdotal enough to make good speeches. The paper in which they were typed weighed perhaps a few ounces. The filled notebooks and everything else he used as the basis for the few ounces of product must have weighed 20 pounds. Mr. Gunther knew that he was working with paid dirt. He knew he couldn't overlook any of it. An old hand at this sort of thing, he put his mind to it, and he sifted out the gold nuggets. A surgeon friend of mine said, I can teach you in 10 minutes how to take out an appendix, but it will take me 4 years to teach you what to do if something goes wrong. So it is with speaking. Always prepare so that you are ready for any emergency such as a change of emphasis because of a previous speaker's remarks or a well-aimed question from the audience in the discussion period following your talk. You too can acquire reserve power by selecting your topic as soon as possible. Don't put it off until a day or two before you have to speak. If you decide on the topic early, you will have the inestimable advantage of having your subconscious mind working for you. At odd moments of the day when you are free from your work, you can explore your subject, refine the ideas you want to convey to your audience. Time ordinarily spent in reverie while you are driving home, waiting for a bus, or riding the subway, can be devoted to mulling over the subject matter of your talk. It is during this incubation period that flashes of insight will come just because you have determined your topic far in advance and your mind subconsciously works over it. Norman Thomas, 
a superb speaker who has commanded the respectful attention of audiences quite opposed to his political point of view said, If a speech is to be of any importance at all, the speaker should live with theme or message, turning it over and over in his mind. He will be surprised at how many useful illustrations or ways of putting his case will come to him as he walks the street, or reads a newspaper, or gets ready for bed, or wakes up in the morning. Mediocre speaking very often is merely the inevitable and the appropriate reflection of mediocre thinking and the consequence of imperfect acquaintance with the subject in hand. While you are involved in this process, you will be under strong temptation to write your talk out word for word. Try not to do this. For once you have set a pattern, you are likely to be satisfied with it and you may cease to give it any more constructive thought. In addition, there is the danger of memorizing the script. Mark Twain had this to say about such memorization. Written things are not for speech. Their form is literary. They are stiff, inflexible, and will not lend themselves to be happy, effective delivery with a tongue. Where their purpose is merely to entertain, not to instruct, they have to be limbered up, broken up, colloquialized and turn into the common form of unpremeditated talk otherwise they will bore the house not entertain it charles f kettering whose inventive genius sparked the growth of general motors was one of america's most renowned and heartwarming speakers asked if he ever wrote out any part of all of his talks he replied what i have to say is i believe far too important to write down on paper. I would prefer to write on my audience's mind, on their emotions, with every ounce of my being. A piece of paper cannot stand between me and those I want to impress.